Hey guys and ladies, welcome back to the Spirits Guide Podcast. My name is Rich and I'm your guide through the intoxicating spirits world. I want to start out by thanking everybody who has been listening to the full-length episodes that have started to drop every Friday. Uh, yeah, the support, the feedback has been just overwhelming to me. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for being on this journey with me. It is just, it's an incredible feeling and I want to keep it going. This Friday, part two of my conversation with my great friend, Peter Thomas, where we talk about Bob Marley and Bob Marley legend and the Marley documentaries while drinking Jamaican rum. It's a great episode. It's the bookend to last Friday's episode. I can't wait for it to be out there. So much good stuff coming up in the future. So I really just want to start out by thanking you guys so much uh, for going on this journey with me. It's It's been sensational so far, and I can't wait to see where we can go in the future. Now, on tonight's episode of Sample Size Monday, I am tasting Old Carter 13-Year Single Barrel. Now, I don't have a lot of info on the barrel but that doesn't really matter if the juice is good. And then I kind of go on a little bit of a rant. But, you know, it's it's what I do. So hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, again, if you like what I'm doing here, uh, if you want to be part of this journey, go to the, the podcast page on Spotify. Follow the podcast. Give us a rating. Follow on Instagram where I'm posting what I'm drinking every day or what I'm listening to, or what I'm watching, or what I'm reading. Uh, follow on Facebook as a Spirits Guide, where you can leave reviews and comments. You can actually message me directly through both of those platforms, or you can email me at thespiritsguide89 at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, if there's a sample that you want me to review that you're curious on my thoughts on, or if there's something that I've tasted on one of the full-length episodes be like, hey, that sounds really cool. I'd like to try that. I will do the best I can to get you a sample uh, some way, somehow. Or if you just, you know, if you want to join me on a full-length episode, I'm always looking for ideas. I'm always looking for cool people to hang out with, to talk about spirits with, to drink spirits with, just have good conversation. So, yeah, contact me through any of those platforms. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, I'm looking forward to Friday and seeing where we're going. And uh, yeah, that's it. Enjoy. I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. All right, guys. So here we are. It's Monday sample size. You guys know the deal by now. Monday sample size is one. It's Monday night. You know, we're not tying one on. We're not having a whole bunch of drinks. Uh, in fact, like my friend Sean likes to say, we're tasting, not drinking. The Monday night sample size is kind of born out of, you know, we get our hands on some of these exclusive bottles that, you know, there's a ton of us out there that want them, but only one of us gets to actually get them. And in this community, what's so great is that when we find something that we think is really special, you know, we pour off a couple of samples and we share them with our friends. And somebody was nice enough 
to sample me out old Carter 13 year single barrel barrel proof. So I'm really curious about this one. And, you know, I know Monday night sample size, we usually don't take that deep of a dive into things, which works really well for this whiskey because there's really nothing to dive into. There's not a lot of info out there. You know, their website is a little, I don't want to say vague. It just doesn't give anything up. The best I can kind of figure out is they source whiskey from Indiana, so probably MGP. Kentucky, and that could be anybody from Buffalo Trace to Heaven Hill to Jim Beam, could be Ozzy Tyler, could be Bardstown, could be Willett, could be anybody down there. Uh, and they're sourcing whiskey from Tennessee, which is probably going to be George Dickel. Now, this is a single barrel whiskey that I'm tasting tonight, so it's coming from one of those states. I just don't know which one. Uh, they're barrel proof, but I don't have the proof, so it gets a little harder to identify the batch. Uh, obviously, coming from different states, you don't get any indication of mash bill, which is fine, you know. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I feel like we get a little too geeky for our own good, and we get too wrapped up on how old is it? What is the mash bill? Like, it's cool to know all the specs and all the details, and it makes it a lot more fun. But in the end, it doesn't necessarily change whether or not you're going to like the whiskey. Uh, what else do I know about Old Carter? So, Old Carter is a brand that was started by Mark and Sherry Carter, who were part of the team that relaunched the Kentucky Owl brand. And when they relaunched Kentucky Owl, same thing. They were sourcing, you know, the best whiskey they could. They were resurrecting an old brand. Mark and Sherry Carter kind of started out in the wine business, and they make great cabs in California. They've had, I think, 900-point Cabernets, which is pretty, pretty impressive. You know, they get together with friends. They started Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Owl got sold. They were kind of out, but they had already fallen in love with the business, and so they created the old Carter brand. All right, so I'm tasting this in uh, Glen Cairn, and normally something at, you know, 120, which going through some of the batches that were single barrel Kentucky bourbon, uh, the average proof point is around 120. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with ballpark figure. It's 120 proof. Uh, we know that it's 13 years old. We know that it's a single barrel. We don't know where it comes from. But we also know, like Kentucky Owl, it's not cheap either. All right. So on the nose, you know, I'm getting kind of your typical bourbon aromas. A little bit of oak, not as much oak as I would have thought for 13 years, which, you know, could incline me to think that it's coming out of Dickel. Because I feel like older Dickel doesn't really get a lot of big toasty oak. Um, but yeah, it's, 
on the nose, I got to be honest, it's nothing like, wow, this is amazing. It just smells like good bourbon. Proof is in the palate. All right. It's got a little bit of oak. It's a little toasty, sweet kind of caramel, vanilla. Maybe a little hint of like butterscotch, some toasted coconut. Really good bourbon. Not great bourbon. Uh, I... I kind of had this conversation today and you know for those of you guys who have watched the Wachusett Wine and Spirits videos that I do and are familiar with Corey every now and then when Corey and I rate a whiskey we sometimes like to bring up the fact that I want to be reminded at times that I'm drinking whiskey um this is really easy to drink it's dare I say smooth um which, you know, whiskey drinkers, we all kind of hate that term. But it, it's, it is. It's it's smooth. Even at that 120 proof point, there's a little bit of burn, but nothing too crazy. No big Kentucky hug. Um, it's not the burn of like a Booker's by any means. It's just, you know, a little bit of heat, let you know it's there, which it should for 120. And I feel like for 13 years in Oak, it should have more kind of oak notes to it. It's not really the big oak bomb I was expecting. Here's my feelings on this whiskey. I feel like with the explosion of bourbon, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of us who, you know, aren't wealthy and appreciate the fact that we get to try this. And by no means do I forget how special this is. It's a single barrel uh, you know, a lot of the notes that I was looking at on their website, like their single barrels are producing 140 bottles or 120 bottles. So I get you're paying for the exclusivity of it. But, you know, sometimes you watch like Pawn Stars on history and, and they say like, just because something's rare doesn't mean it's great. It just means there's not a lot of it. And that's how I feel about this. I feel like I get it. There's not a lot of it. I appreciate the fact that I get to try something that there's, you know, maybe 140 bottles in existence in the history of the world of this whiskey. I just don't know if I had paid $200 for it, I would have been blown away the same way I was like a Calumet 15 for a lot less money or even a Remus Repeal uh, Series 5. Like, it's good, don't get me wrong. It reminds me of like Angel's Envy. Like it's it's really good, but there's not a lot of, there's just not a lot of complexity to me that warrants, you know, the $200 on the shelf price point, let alone the $400, $600,000 secondary price point. And maybe that, you know, maybe that's just this particular single barrel and some of the other batches are you know, just insanely good. This is really good. I appreciate the fact that I get to taste it. I don't know that I would go out and spend $200 to pick it up off the shelf. 
nor would I pay $1,000 secondary for this. Uh, and again, I don't know, like those prices are different batches. So I, you don't really know. I don't know which batch this is, to be perfectly honest. But overall, three-tier rating system, is it good? Yeah, it's good. Um, is it worth the money? It's one of those things that it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. Um, does the bottle starter conversation? It does if you have people who are really kind of whiskey, you know, nerds and, you know, they are on all the websites and they read all the newsletters like I do and, you know, follow all these different people, then you understand how rare and limited it is. So it's going to start a conversation if somebody comes over to your house and goes like, whoa, you get a bottle of old Carter. That being said, it reminds me a lot of, uh, I'm probably going to catch hell for this, but a lot of what I call like the fanboy whiskeys, Kentucky Owl, which when it launched, and in all fairness, I didn't get to taste it when it first launched, but now it's it's coming out at $300 a bottle on the shelf. And, you know, or things like Blanton's, which was a great $45 bottle of whiskey. It's not a great $125 bottle of whiskey. You know, Weller was a great $20 bottle. It's not a great $60 bottle. And things like Blanton's, I think, are really good. But as a single barrel whiskey, how is Blanton's the same every time you get it? There's very little batch variation for single barrel whiskey. And what I, I feel it is, is that as bourbon grows and it becomes this sort of cultural thing, the people who like to take pictures of the bottles to show that they have them, you know, they're, they're not necessarily your whiskey drinkers who are looking for complexity and depth. They're looking for something that they can buy that's exclusive, that, you know, is easy to drink. This is a, this is a lifestyle bottle to me, not necessarily a great bottle of whiskey. This is something that, you know, if you've got money, uh, you know, I watched the, the show Billions on Showtime. And the, you know, characters have changed, but for the, you know, the first five seasons, it was always a bottle of Michter's 10 in the background. That's great if you can afford to buy that as your daily drinker. But for most of us, we can't. This, to me, is a brand that caters to people who have a little bit of money to spend, want something that's easy to drink, and it's that's who it's for. Again, it's really good whiskey. I'm not knocking the whiskey. I just don't think it's $200 good. I think it's a lifestyle brand, much like Kentucky Owl. And, you know, I've said it before. For me to pay $400, it's got to be a bottling of Pappy from 20 years ago or, you know, an original old Fitzgerald bottle. You know, I would pay big money for, you know, older bottlings of Wild Turkey you know, or older Jim Beam bottlings or, or things like that. Things that have some sort of history and story behind it. It's hard for me to be a brand that's less than five years old that's buying whiskey that somebody else made that somehow managed to last, you know, 13 years in a rickhouse during the bourbon boom that people still have this stuff out there to sell. Also, and I've talked about this before, when you buy a barrel from a distillery and then bring it back and blend it yourself and put it out, 
that's secondary market pricing already because you're paying retail for that barrel before you get it back to your facility. Wow, kind of a rant for Monday night sample size. So I'll wrap it up from there. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for you know listening, for being there. Again, if you like what we're doing here, uh, if you got friends who you think would like what we're doing here, go to the podcast page on Spotify, uh, follow the podcast, give it a rating, follow on Facebook and Instagram, leave a review there. Again, if you want to email me, uh, thespiritsguide89 at gmail.com. If you have a sample that you're curious my opinion of, if there's something I've tried that you want to try, I'll try to get you a sample of what I'm drinking. Um, or if you want to join me on a full-length episode, I would love to, to have some new people and get some new perspectives on spirits and talk about just sort of things that help make human connections. All right, we're going to wrap it from there. Go enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, part two of the Peter Thomas uh, conversation that I had about Bob Marley legend and Jamaican rum. The second half of that comes out this Friday. So excited about it. Great things to come. Thank you guys for all your support and for being there and listening. Uh, I appreciate you all. Cheers. Yay!